You are listening to audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church on the corner of Ebenezer Baptist and Pleasant Green Road in Hillsboro, North Carolina. If you would like to learn more about our church, please go to ebcconnect.org. Now, here's our pastor with this week's sermon. Our God is to be revealed, right? When I listen to that song and talks about beholding our God. That's kind of the idea behind the Gospel of Mark, is who is Jesus? So we talk about God being revealed, and in the passage we're going to look at today, it's going to be one of those passages where you say, okay, is that really God? Because that's the question. Where is God? What's He about? Because there are plenty of opportunities for us to see a world without God. Which is one of the reasons that we're even getting together to pray tonight, to talk about that, and say there is a portion of our world where God has been dismissed. He has been pushed aside, and He has been ignored. And when you start talking about a broken world, you understand that the only fix for a broken world is God. The only fix for a broken world is Jesus Christ. And anything else falls short of that. Anything else. So you could throw money at it. You could throw time at it. You could do all those kind of things. But apart from Jesus Christ, we still live in brokenness. And so that's why we're, that's why we're getting together. And Mark in his gospel seeks to show us exactly who God is. And so he gives us these episodes or, or scenarios. He, he records the life of Jesus and he records certain things so that we will understand. So last week we started in the, in the gospel. And we talked about the very beginning, the preparation that John the Baptist did and getting ready and he said behold the lamb of god and and jesus was coming to get baptized at the jordan and john's baptism was a baptism of repentance and he said that jesus is coming and he will baptize you with the holy spirit so john's baptism was that outward baptism it was evidence but jesus was coming to baptize you on the inside uh, an inward baptism that would mean a cleansing from sin and freedom from the punishment of sin. So we have that. And then you go a little bit further in the Gospel, and and Jesus is called into the wilderness and and sent there, and He's tempted. And then He comes back, and He begins to call disciples uh, along the Sea of Galilee. And then there are some healings that take place and casting out of demons. And that's where we're going to pick it up. We're going to pick up this story in Mark Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 39. So that's where we're going to start. And what we see is we see Jesus, but at the same time, we see the heart of God revealed. The heart of God revealed. So would you turn with me? Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 39. And would you stand as we read God's Word? Mark 1, 39 says, and he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, if you will, you can make me clean. 
Moved with pity or compassion, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in the desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter or from every place. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are God that cares about us. That God, you know our troubles. As Wayne talked about earlier, you know our afflictions. You know the things that bother us. You know the areas where we are broken, where we are cracked. And Father, you are able to bring healing. And so God, in this place this morning, I pray as we look at your word that you would reveal to us where we're at in this story, where we're at in our relationship to you. And God, out of that, that as you stretch out your hand to us, that we will respond with a willingness that says, God, here I am. And so Father, we pray that you would work to change us this morning, to restore, to heal, to bind up, and do the things that only God can do. And Father, we praise you and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Mark records these episodes And they're episodes that bring some clarity about who Jesus is. So as we look at this, we're going to kind of just walk through this passage. And the parallel passages for this are in Matthew chapter 8 and Luke chapter 5. So you you could put your finger there and go back and forth, but essentially you're going to find the same story. You may find a few different words, but essentially the same story. And so in verse 40, it says, A leopard came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, if you, can, if you will, you can make me clean. It's kind of a crazy thing, because when you look at this, this guy who they describe as a leper, which that, that particular word really just means he had a, some kind of skin disease that was evident. And so he comes to Jesus, and kneeling in front of Jesus says, if you will, you can make me clean. Now there's some interesting things. That's an interesting phrase when he comes to Jesus and says, if you will, you can make me clean. It's not if you can make me clean. It's if you desire, under the sovereignty of God, I know that you can do it. There's a faith element in the life of this leper who comes kneeling before Jesus saying, I know that you can. I'm just wondering if you're willing. I know that you can make me whole and change me. And so the leper comes to him, and and it's it's essentially a repeat of what we find in Matthew chapter 6. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's praying, God, if your will be done, and 
make it be done here just as it is in, as it is in heaven. The leper is coming and saying, whatever your will is. If you're willing, Jesus, do it. And so Jesus answers him. It says, move with compassion or move with pity. He stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. I'm willing. This whole idea of touching a leper or somebody with a skin disease was foreign. It was something you just didn't do. Now, granted, we have big jars, big containers of hand sanitizer in the lobby. It's, they're there for a reason. And some of you have seen Tim Hawkins do his thing about hand sanitizer and greeters. You seen that? You know, the, yeah, you know, glad to see you got four kids and you know, dump the whole thing kind of thing. But it's, it's one of those things where if you're Jesus and this, this guy comes up to you, the, the natural thing would be to shy away, to back off and not touch him. Because as you don't, you don't want to be ceremonially unclean. You don't want to be counted as he is. You don't want to catch what he has. We've kind of been dealing with that for the last couple months, haven't we? Said, I don't want to get the flu. So let's, let's bump elbows. You know, that kind of stuff. Or, or we're just not going to touch. I love you, but you stay over there. And we'll just, you know, try and keep that disease away from me kind of thing. And we even talk about it in the office. If somebody gets sick, you just, just stay home. We don't want you to come here and bring that stuff here. Because nobody else needs this. But Jesus did something completely different. What he did is he reached out and he touched him. We would say that's a risky move. But Jesus did it anyways. He reached out and touched him. There was no fear. What Jesus did, he stepped into the situation by invitation. Notice that Jesus didn't go say, hey, I'm going to find me a leper this morning. Heal me a leper. That's not what he did. This guy came up to Jesus and by invitation, Jesus stepped into his situation and said, I'm willing, be clean. And so that's what happened. Immediately, he was healed. It says in verse 42, and immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. So all of a sudden, there is no evidence on him at all of this skin disease that was very evident before Jesus touched him. Immediately, he was healed. And then in verse 43, it says, And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once, said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. Interesting that Jesus sent him away. to said, Say nothing. You're healed. Get up. Don't tell anybody. Now, there's people standing around. So it's not like there's nobody there to notice. But this guy gets up. He says, don't tell anybody. It's almost like telling, well, I'll, I could pick on Deb. Um, maybe I will. Um, it's, it's like me telling Debbie, there's chocolate on the counter. Don't touch it. You hear the groans? They feel your pain. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's, it's kind of like that. And so Jesus heals him. And what does this guy do? And does, does Jesus know that this guy is going to bubble up from the inside and go, man, I am healed. Jesus has to know that. But he sternly told him, go and show yourself to the priest. 
which if you go back to Leviticus chapter 13 and beginning of 14, what you see, you see all the rules surrounding skin disease. It's a wonderful chapter. But you, you, you read that and you go, I can't hardly keep track of this. Because it is, uh, it is complicated. If this skin disease looks like this, when the priest looks at you, then you're supposed to do this. But if it looks like this, you're supposed to do this. But if it doesn't look like that, and it looks like this and not that, and it goes through this long scenario. And then it has all the things that you're supposed to do as you are making, um, as you're doing an offering, a guilt or a sin offering related to that so that you can be declared clean or cleansed. It's quite complicated. If you can draw it out, bless you. But Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. Make the offering that was commanded for a specific purpose. Look what it says. Offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a what? For a proof. For a proof. Confirmation of what? Confirmation that you're healed, we can see that. Confirmation of what? Confirmation of who Jesus is. Because as this guy goes around, he says, somebody may come up to him and say, you're healed. How'd you get healed? Jesus healed me. How'd you become clean? Jesus did it. What are you supposed to tell the priest? How did you get where you got? It's not very good English, but it is what it is. How'd you get there? Jesus did it. And every single one of us in this room gets to the place where something has happened in our life where if somebody were to come up and ask you, you could say, Jesus did it. Jesus brought healing. Jesus relieved me of this addiction. Jesus brought healing to my body. Jesus did all this. He took away the mouth that cussed like a sailor. He did all those kind of things. And, and he brought me salvation. He gave me the grace that allowed me to have peace with God through Jesus Christ who shed his blood on Calvary. Jesus did it. We have that kind of testimony. It was a confirmation. See what God has done. It's the same thing, and we talked about it this past Wednesday in the study down in the conference room. It's where Barnabas went to Antioch, looked at the church, found out what was going on there, and he went and he got Paul and he brought him back and said, look what God is doing here. It's the same thing that Andrew goes and gets Peter. We have found the Messiah. Check this out. Come and see it. Same thing with Philip finding Nathaniel. Come and check out what this Jesus is doing and what Jesus is about. And so Mark records this so that we will understand not just who Jesus is, but what his heart is. He was willing to reach into a situation and bring healing. And out of that, people noticed. There's three lessons I want us to catch this morning very quickly. The first one is compassion must move us to act. Compassion must move us to act. Compassion bottled up inside is nothing but a wish or an intention. I have compassion for those people, and as long as I stay over here and they stay over there, I'm good. That's not compassion. It's observation. Compassion steps into the situation even though it is risky. 
Compassion looks like a hand reaching out to the risk and the mess, not putting your hand up to stay away from the risk and the mess. There's no certainty in the reach, just the hope that God is at work. The reality is we too are just as broken as the people we reach out to. They just may look different. We reach out to them not because not because we have anything special apart from the grace of God. We too, like them, are broken. Bob Goff said this, he said, most of us spend our entire lives living, or our entire lives avoiding the people Jesus spent his whole life engaging. That's an incredible statement. Where do we need to step into the mess? I think that's part of why we're even gathering tonight. New Hope, 7 o'clock, quick plug. Because our world is in a mess and we get to step into it, there will be people there that have no idea who God is. You get to rub shoulders with them if you show up. So the first one is compassion must move us to act. The second thing that we get to learn is that cleansing is a result of willingness. Cleansing is a result of willingness Cleansing is not a prerequisite for coming to Christ. I don't have to have everything figured out for me to step into the situation with Jesus. The leper didn't. The leper came to him with all the sores and all the physical ailments that you could see, saying, I am unclean. And he shows up and comes into this situation. And Jesus reached up his hand and touched him. It does, however, require humility and surrender. The leper allowed himself to be touched or healed. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. The idea is that we bring our brokenness to Christ. We come broken and we allow God to bring healing. Isaiah 61.1 talks about that, to, to bring your brokenness. And it's actually recorded again in Luke chapter 4. Jesus is quoting, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll. All this is taking place in the synagogue. He rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus is the one who brings healing. He binds the brokenhearted. Those cracks in our lives, Jesus works on. And he seals them. We don't have to be clean before coming to him. We just have to come to him. And so the question is, where are you tired of striving to measure up and trying to fix things on your own? Isn't it time to say I'm done and allow God to 
to step in. See, part of that willingness is on our part where we say, God, I come to you. The other part is Jesus is willing as well and willing to step into your struggle and your situation. So cleansing is a result of willingness, not just the willingness of God, but the willingness of us to allow God access. The third thing is your life is a confirmation of God's work. That's exactly what happened with this guy, this leper. He left there and his life, what you could see on the outside and what was taking place on the inside was confirmation of God at work. Your testimony says to the world that God is real. And if it does not declare that God is real, then there's time to do an inventory of your testimony. Do I have a relationship with Christ? Is this thing that I say about me, is it true? Or am I playing the game and putting on a mask so that I can show myself out in a world and let them think that everything is okay? Our testimony says to the world that Jesus is real. The work of God is evident in the life of believers. That's intriguing to the world. The same thing, the work of God evident in the life of believers is baffling to the world. They may not understand it, but they know something's different. The leper now moved and spoke of his healing with confidence. He leaves the situation, told to be quiet, and goes out and tells everybody. He doesn't even pretend. He doesn't, you know, a lot of us would go, I'm just going to kind of slide out of the crowd. Jesus said, be quiet, I'm going to be quiet. And I don't know, I, I guess I really shouldn't be telling you to disobey Jesus, right? That's really not a good plan. But that's what he does. He goes and he shares what God has done in his life. And so the question for us this morning as we look at this, understanding that compassion has to move us to act, cleansing is a result of willingness, and our life is a confirmation of the work of God. The question is, do you know Jesus and is he real to you? Do you know him and is he real to you? And so today I want to invite you to come today and surrender to Him, allowing Him to heal you, cleanse you, and give you a testimony of grace. He can bestow on you a confidence, not of your own, but of God, that you are safe, secure, and ready should Jesus call you from this life today. Now that was the plea of Billy Graham, wasn't it? I see a broken world and I've got the cure. Come. It's essentially the message for years and years. It's the message of the Gospels. I also invite you to renew your commitment to Him. Another way to put this is help me do life to your glory. Help me to be the person who has that testimony where God has touched me and it be so evident in my life that everybody around me knows that I belong to God. Help me to do that. So I invite you to renew your commitment. So I know that, that there's a chance that we will beat other denominations to the restaurants today. And that's okay. However, 
If we're truly going to be obedient, there is a chance that we will be in here till the Methodists and the Presbyterians and all the rest of them are done eating if we surrender to God and say, God, I'm yours. There's that chance. The question is, will we be the people of God or the people in this place that respond to a God that's inviting us? Inviting us to be made whole, to be healed, to be made new, to have a passion like, on, like that which is on God's heart to reach out and step into the mess. Who and what kind of people will we be? So I invite you to stand. And if you need to come to Christ this morning, the invitation is for you to come and give your life to Christ. Say, I want to be saved. I want to turn over my life and I want to have healing in me. And then some of you need to come and recommit your life to Christ and say, I need to be a better example of God's glory so the world will know. So let's pray. And then as God leads you, you come. Father, we thank you for this morning again. And Father, we pray that as a group of people meeting in this building, that we will understand that we could either be a bystander looking at healing taking, a pl taking place around us as we see God at work, or we can be right there in the middle of it. Some of us need to come and say, God, if you are willing, cleanse me, heal me, make me whole. I need to let go of a pew. Some of us in this room need to forget about hand sanitizer and get in the mess because you've called us to step into places that are uncomfortable and allow ourselves to be used by a holy and just and merciful and faithful God to touch the lives of others. And so, Father, whatever you choose to do during this hour, during this time, during this, this short time, God, I pray that if nothing else, your voice would be loud. And so, God, help us to do business with you during this invitation time, this commitment time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As God leads you this morning, you come. Whether it's to accept Christ or renew your commitment, you come this morning.
Is there anybody else that needs to come forward this morning? The reason I ask is because that leper could have stood off to the side and just watched. He stepped out and took the risk of coming where God had led him. Is there anyone else this morning? bow your heads for just a moment. Still some folks spending time here at the altar. We want to give them ample time to, to talk with God. Father, we thank you that you are a willing God. And Father, we pray that we would be a willing people, willing to surrender our will to your will. And so, Father, I pray that you would use us as instruments of yours, vessels, holding the mystery of the gospel, earthen vessels fragile but willing to be used by you to affect the world for Christ so God I pray you would use us and grow us to your glory pray in Jesus name amen before we leave this morning um Phil's going to come and share for just a moment about disaster relief and that training that's coming up this next weekend. Um, and then, Scott, would you come and close us in prayer and remind us about tonight? Okay. You need a mop. Thanks, Bob. Pastor Bob asked me to come up and briefly talk about disaster relief training. As some of you know, every year the North Carolina Baptists on Mission conduct training throughout the state to prepare us Baptists to help out in major disasters, things like 9-11, things like the flood up in West Virginia two years ago, things like uh, Hurricane Matthew. If you want to be able to participate fully in those disaster relief efforts, I would encourage you to come on out to Ridgecrest Baptist Church, Friday night, Saturday this week, that's March 2nd, March 3rd, 
for basic training. Basic training is $45. There's also advanced training. Uh, I'll probably be there on Saturday myself, and I encourage you to come. You say, why do I need to come? Well, you know, think about 9-11. When something like that happens, you need to be credentialed to be able to go in quickly. In West Virginia, we went in right behind the West Virginia National Guard the day they, they dropped martial law. So, you know, the Baptists on mission can help in those kind of situations. I also ask you to think about it biblically. Think about the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting about verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles, so that what? We can comfort those in any trouble with the trouble we ourselves have received from Christ. If you want to be able to share that, that comfort in times of crisis, I'd encourage you to come out to the training this Friday and Saturday. Thank you very much. Well, I want to, um, Samuel, if you put that uh, slide up there for me, that'd be great. I'm not going to promote metamorphosis this morning because we're a few weeks away, but um, just please continue to pray for metamorphosis, though. But uh, I really want to just kind of, um, we just updated this this morning. It was at Orange High School. Now it's over at New Hope right there on the corner of uh, 70 and Orange High School Road there. But I really want to just, just challenge and encourage you just as a church body for us to come out and pray. And I know that you don't see Durham County Schools up there, but that does not mean we're not praying for Durham County Schools, okay? So um, just it's been a really rough week, as many of you know, in the Orange County um, School District, in particular at Orange and CW Stanford. And so uh, we're just taking a moment to pause and just to pray. And I think it's when we as a body of believers come together and pray, I think muddy things happen, and we see that at, throughout history. But I want to personally invite you to come out to the prayer service tonight uh, at New Hope. Uh, we're going to hopefully do it outside there if the weather holds off here. So uh, 7 o'clock tonight. Let me pray for us. Father, you are a gracious, loving God. You are a God that's in control of all things. And we thank you for the message that, that you used, Pastor Bob, to share with us this morning. I pray that, that Lord, that you continue to speak into our lives. Father, I know, Lord, that you've spoken to our lives this morning. Lord, I know, I know Lord, that Father, you're calling us into action. You're, you're calling us to, into a moment of, of just seeking and going after you and, and having being compassionate, but also allowing our lives to be transformed by you. And Father, may we just be willing and able to share how you are transforming us. And Father, we take a moment right now, Lord, and pray over every school in our nation. Father, I pray right now, Lord, for the schools, Lord, that, that are represented here in Ebenezer Baptist Church, whether it's in Durham County or Orange County. So, Lord, we lift them up to you right now. And, Father, we pray right now, Lord, that you will be with the teachers, the faculty, the staff. Lord, that you'll be with the students, Lord, that you will put guidance and direction on them, Lord, that you will keep our students safe. But, Lord, we also pray, Father, that you will bring a revival and a change to our schools. And, Father, we pray right now, Lord, just be with us this week, Lord. We look forward, Lord, to, to worshiping you and praising you every day. Let me pray. Amen. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church. We welcome you to join us next Sunday at 1030 for our weekly worship service. If you have found this resource helpful, please do share it with others and check out our other ministries at ebcconnect.org.